This is an ABC podcast. This is the Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria. Good afternoon. Annie Brown is my name. Welcome to the Victorian Country Hour or the Victorian Country Half Hour just for today. We'll be with you until five past one today before we head back to the cricket. But before all that, we're going to take you to Colac to get an update on the wiener sales there and continue our coverage of the southern wiener sales. And Japanese encephalitis virus is still a major concern with masses of mosquitoes in northern Victoria. And Victoria's health department has confirmed its first case of JEV for the 2022-23 mosquito season. We'll bring you all the details on that. And also, markets are back today. We'll head to Hamilton and Leangatha. But first of all, let's kick off with the weather. Matthew Thomas joins us from the Bureau of Meteorology this afternoon. Good afternoon, Matthew. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. So we're talking a lot about the rain on the cricket today up in Sydney, but down here in Victoria, uh, a bit of rain sort of out east, it looks like, maybe? There's been a little bit of um, rainfall um, since 9am about the south. So over both... um the eastern districts through Gippsland, but also over the central district as well. We've just seen some um, some isolated showers, but the highest amounts um, of two to three millimetres has been out about East Gippsland, where we're expecting to see um, more scattered showers um, today. So we've got a fairly southerly airstream um, with a high, ridge of high pressure um, to the, the southwest of the state, just pushing that um, southerly, cool southerly um, stream over the, the state, providing cloudy conditions about the south. And we'll see those um, showers about the, the south just continue through the remainder of today. We'll see the, the highest rainfall um, being about Gippsland, um, where we could see closer to um, to, to five millimetres um, about the uh, about parts of Gippsland, maybe five to ten millimetres about the, the ranges, and um, with a trough just lingering about the, the northeast, we might see some thunderstorms develop um, about the far northeast as well, um, between um, Albury around to, to Corriong, um, and we could see um, falls of around ten to fifteen millimetres with those thunderstorms. Not expecting to um, to see um, severe storms today. Um, that um, ridge of high pressure just moves closer um, to the, the state tomorrow and the stream will tend more southeasterly. Um, so we'll see the showers begin to clear away from the southwest um, and just mostly be about Gippsland, possibly just pushing into parts of the, um, the, the central district, particularly down around the, the Bass Coast. Um, but we'll see the rainfall amounts drop back on Thursday. So... Amounts of, um, you know, zero to three millimetres really um, on and south of the ranges about um, Gippsland and the, the central district. Um, that high pressure system moves to the south of Victoria on Friday um, with the, the showers, just some isolated showers continuing about Gippsland and then the high moves out over the, the Tasman Sea and the stream tends more northerly on Saturday and Sunday with conditions um, drying out through Gippsland but warming up elsewhere. And on Saturday and Sunday we will see... Um, the temperatures just push up. Um, we're looking at um, temperatures getting up to around um, 37 or 38 degrees about um, about the Mallee um, come Sunday. 
Um, on Monday, we'll see a, a cold change come through um, as another high builds to the, the south of the, the bite. And um, it's almost a, a ridge replacement moving from the, the domination of the, the ridge out over the Tasman Sea to the one over the, the bite. Um, and it's a fairly dry change when it does push through. So we're not expecting a great deal of precipitation. Um, we will see cloudy conditions um, develop later on Monday and persist through Tuesday um, about the, the south of the state. Maybe some light falls, but um, generally expecting less than two millimetres out of those. And then that high moves quickly to, the, to our south um, through um, Tuesday into Wednesday. And conditions just warming up a little bit more into, um, into Wednesday. And um, once again, expecting um, mostly dry conditions on Wednesday. Right, so drying up by next week, really. So still a bit yes. of rain about for the rest of this week. Um, yes. Matthew, is there anything else we need to know today? Any warnings Look, out? Um, for today, I suppose the most significant thing is with the southerly winds, we are actually seeing some gusty conditions around um, around Kilmore Gap. So we will see the area just north of Kilmore Gap, um, Mangalore pushing through um, down the, the Goulburn, probably as far as, um, as Shepparton, just... Um, see some gusty conditions through today. So we've seen sort of 65 um, kilometre an hour gusts through there mm. um, and that will um, will push through into parts of the, um, the northern country as well through today. Mm. Matthew, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Have a great afternoon. That's Matthew Thomas from the Bureau of Meteorology taking us through today's weather forecast and through to the rest of the week. It is a quarter to one. You're listening to the Victorian Country Hour. The Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria. Now we continue the coverage of the Southern Wiener Sales today and we're going to head out to the Western District. Matt Nelson is a livestock agent from Charles Stewart who's at the sale yards in Colac right now. Matt, welcome to the Country Hour. Thank you, Annie. Well, so how far through the sale are you right now? What's happening? Yeah, look, we're just getting towards the end of the steer run now, um, selling the tail end of the steers just before we start the heifers. So we've sold about uh, 2,400 steers so far. Right, and so how have they sold? Uh, yeah, well, probably the market's about where we expected. Um, obviously, over the last six weeks, it's came back a little bit in price, and, and today we've probably started up uh, where we were just uh, pre-Christmas. Right, so can you give us some numbers there? What's the top price you've seen so far? Yeah, well, today um, there was an exceptional uh, top price here today. Uh, we had a pen of steers make $2,320, which was 386 kilos. Um, they worked out at $6 a kilo. Um, well, they were the Jacobs family locally here that sells cattle every year, and um, they probably rewarded for their cattle that um, repeat sellers, I guess. Right, and so what are you getting for that money exactly? Um, look, um, the, with that being the top, a lot of calves are probably making four dollars fifty to five dollars a kilo. Um, you bet, you bet about black calves are probably making a, a bit over five dollars a kilo. And so you're almost done with the steers, um, and on to the heifers next. Yeah, look, we um, there'll be about fourteen hundred uh, heifers to be sold, and um, look, quality wise, very good. You're probably top heifers are pushing around that three hundred and fifty or sixty kilos. Um, and then, yeah, work, work your way through to the little tackers. Hmm. We saw a bit of a flattened price in Wodonga yesterday. Are you seeing similar things in Colac? Yeah, I think so. As I say, a lot of, a lot of black steers making $4.50 to $5 a kilo, and then you get, get onto your coloured cattle, and a lot of them are making probably $4 to $4.50, with your tops probably marginally better than that. So, yeah, as I say, probably it's, 
it's a reflection on what happened pre-Christmas. And how big is the crowd out there today? Yeah, look, to be honest, there's, uh, there's a lot of people here. The car park's full. Um, well, competition-wise, there's a little bit of northern competition. And as usual, we're very well supported locally. So a, a very big crowd here today, but um, all going probably as we expected. And is there a feeling amongst the crowd? Has there been much talk in the morning? Oh, look, yeah, there was. Um, as, as we're saying, it's still the job is probably come back four or $500 on last year. Um, but, yeah, as I say, we're sort of we're expecting that with what happened pre-Christmas and, and people are sort of pretty happy with how things are going. Uh, and, Matt, what's uh, next for you after today? Do you go to the next sale? Uh, our next sale in Kai, we go back to our usual store sales and that's the start of March. Right, so today is the big day for the Wieners, yep. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. This is our biggest day on the calendar probably here in Kai. Wonderful. Well, Matt, uh, I'll let you get back to the sale and, and see what's happening, but thanks for joining us and giving us a quick update on the ground. No worries, Annie. Thank you very much. That is Matt Nelson from Charles Stewart in Colac, out at the sale yards at Colac at the moment where that uh, sale is still underway uh, as part of the Southern Wiener sales. So we'll bring you the update on what happened there tomorrow. Also tomorrow here on the Country Hour, we're going to pack up our stuff and we're going to head out to the Wodonga sale yards to get a wrap-up of their three-day Wiener sale out there as well. So if you are out there, come say hello. I'll be the person holding the microphone uh, (laughs) talking to people but make sure you do come say hello to us here on the country. It's always nice to get out and meet you face to face. Right now, though, a bit of water news. Uh, The Victorian environmental water holder has water up for sale in the Murray and Goulburn systems. 45,000 megalitres is up for temporary trade, and that's the most amount of water they've ever had up for sale. Beth Ashworth Ashworth is the co-CEO of the Victorian Environmental Water Holder and says revenue will go back towards funding environmental projects. The Victorian Environmental Water Holder, or VIEW, as we're known, intends to sell up to 45,000 megalitres of environmental water allocations, so it's a temporary trade from the Murray and Goulburn systems between January and June 2023. Uh, We're expecting all planned environmental watering for Northern Victoria will be achieved this water year and into next. Um, Since July, rainfall has been well above average in all Northern Victorian systems. All major storages have been spilling and there's widespread flooding. And as a result, to date, more than 95% of watering actions planned for Northern Victoria have been achieved, either through naturally occurring high flows or environmental water deliveries before floods started and the remaining watering actions are expected to be achieved by the end of the water year. So selling this water allocation will also reduce the risk that water for the environment being carried over into next year will be lost to spill, and any revenue generated will be used to improve the outcomes of environmental watering in Victoria. So this 45,000 megalitres is uh, left over, I guess, from, from what you need for the environment? Uh, every year, water trading is a key tool that we use to optimise outcomes from water for the environment. It's a standard part of our business operations. We're always planning ahead and forecasting whether we have enough water to deliver planned priority watering actions in the current and coming year. And so our assessment for this year has already shown that we've got enough water to deliver our remaining priority watering actions across Northern Victoria this year. We're expecting high allocations to be available in northern Victorian systems in the first half of 2023-24. And if we carry over too much water into into the next water year, it will very likely be lost to spill. So, um, So we've made the decision to sell. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the revenue will go back to other funding other environmental projects. Uh, can you give us a bit more details on that, what they will go to? Yeah, so any revenue from the sale will be used to improve the outcomes of environmental watering in Victoria. That can include purchasing water to meet critical environmental needs in any Victorian systems, uh, investing in monitoring, technical studies, strategic projects, structural works or other measures that will improve the performance of Victoria's environmental watering program. Uh, for example, in 2019, the VIEW sold 10,000 megalitres of water allocation and used the proceeds of that sale to co-invest in an upgrade of the Kundrup Weir to install a fishway that allows fish to move freely between Gundawa Creek and the Murray River. 2022 was an incredibly wet year. Um, how often do you have this amount of water, like 45,000 megalitres, to sell at the end? Uh, this is the largest volume that we've had available uh, for sale. But yeah, as as you've said, it was a, a very wet year. The major storages have all been spilling. There's been widespread flooding, so it has meant that the vast majority of priority watering actions have, have been met either through environmental water deliveries before the flood started or from natural high flows. It has been an incredibly wet year this year. Um, the, I guess the expectation is that water prices will be quite cheap. Um, what are you expecting in terms of revenue from this sale? Yeah, we're not able to really accurately predict how much revenue will be generated. That does depend on what market participants are willing to pay and other factors. Market prices are really quite dependent on a whole range of factors such as rainfall, seasonal allocations, commodity prices, annual cropping choices, all of those types of things. So we'll really be guided by by the market in in that respect and um, aim to sell as much as we can, but one of our main considerations will be uh, limiting the amount of water that we make available at any one time so that we avoid any market impact. Have you seen big impacts to the environment with this really wet year that we've had? Uh, we are seeing in some instances some concerns about um, black water or hypoxic black water particularly where there's low dissolved oxygen um, as a result of um, leaf, large amounts of leaf litter and the like being swept into the river systems and that's really not good for fish. There's been concerns about fish deaths along the Murray and things like that. Um, and I think... The, the benefits of, of floods like this um, will are still to be seen in, in months to come. That's Beth Ashworth, the co-CEO for the Victorian Environmental Water Holder there with 45,000 megalitres up for temporary sale in the Goulburn and Murray systems. Nominations are now open for Farmer of the Year with 10 categories spanning all ages and stages of life on the land. Let's recognise the hard work of our rural leaders, innovators and farming legends and celebrate those in our rural sector who go above and beyond. You can enter yourself or someone you know at farmeroftheyear.com.au Proudly supported by the Condinen Group and ABC Rural. You're listening to the Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria.
You sure are. It is five minutes to one. Annie Brown is my name. It's good to have your company this afternoon. Now, a resident of the Campaspe Shire in northeast Victoria is among three Australians to contract Japanese encephalitis virus, or JEV, this summer. The mosquito spread virus was first discovered in the country in February last year, a virus previ- previously found in Southeast Asia, but not here in Australia. Deputy Chief Health Officer Deb Friedman says residents and farmers in flooded areas need to be on high alert for mosquitoes and destroy potential breeding areas. She's urging horse and pig owners in particular to protect their animals from mosquito-borne illnesses too after recent heavy rain and flooding. While we haven't identified any Japanese encephalitis in mosquitoes so far this mosquito season, despite the fact that we've done a lot of surveillance, We've now had one case, and we know that that one case in Victoria was exposed to Japanese encephalitis in November of 2022, and this was the same time at which a case in South Australia and also a case in New South Wales were similarly infected. So we know that the virus has survived the winter, and although these are very low numbers, so three cases so far in Australia, they indicate that what we saw at the beginning of 2022 indicates an ongoing risk for Australia and it's not something that was just an isolated event. For Victorians, whereabouts was this case picked up? So this is a person who resides in the Campaspe local government area and was exposed to mosquitoes in the Campaspe local government area. This person has not travelled anywhere of interest So we know that that's the location of interest for this particular case. And we know that Campaspe as a local government area is one of the 13 high-risk local government areas within Victoria. And so these are really our priority areas within northern Victoria. And so aside from Campaspe, it includes Gunnawarra, Greater Shepparton, Indigo Loddon, Mildura, Moira, Swan Hill, Wodonga, Tawong, Benalla, Wangaratta and Strathbogie. So it's a sort of broad area in the northern part of the state with a lot of these local government areas abutting the Murray River. Any more specific advice for farmers? Because we do know that although Japanese encephalitis virus doesn't transmit directly from pigs to people, but for people that do own pigs, for example, is there any other particular advice that you would give them? Yeah, so I guess just highlighting our um, involvement and collaboration with Agriculture Victoria. It's really important to protect livestock against Japanese encephalitis and especially pigs and horses. The things that are recommended are are typically what they call rugging and hooding of animals to prevent them from getting bitten and also putting them in stables between dusk and dawn if possible. Those are the sorts of things in addition to, as I mentioned, some of those breeding sites. We've been hearing a lot about foot and mouth disease in Indonesia and the vaccines that are available for that. I know that you're not in the agriculture space, but you're clearly working together. So do you know if there's any sort of vaccines that are available for animals like pigs? Yeah, so there have been some vaccines that have been utilised in Asia against Japanese encephalitis. Some countries have more experience than others. Um, we know that our, um, that our colleagues within agriculture have looked into this extensively and there are some issues with regards to the vaccine and that includes how effective it is, how long it lasts 
and also the cost of vaccine. And so there are some limitations to it, but we understand that there's no immediate opportunity to have vaccine for pigs within Australia against Japanese encephalitis. But of course, I would have to defer to my agriculture colleagues on that. And uh, in your area of expertise, speaking of human health, who is eligible for the Japanese encephalitis vaccine in Victoria? I mentioned those 13 high-risk areas within Victoria. So fundamentally, a lot of the eligibility lies around people who reside or work in those local government areas who have a lot of exposure to the outdoors. And that's been phrased as four hours or more outdoor daily that poses a risk from mosquito bites. In addition, people who are assisting with flood cleanup, um, the aftermath of floods in those local government areas are also eligible. And people who are displaced by floods who might be living in dwellings that are either flood damaged or not mosquito proofed. In addition to those eligibility criteria, from the first availability of vaccine, people on who resided or worked on pig farms were eligible, as well as people who work on pork render in pork abattoirs or pork rendering plants, as well as laboratory personnel and other people that work on mosquito trapping. So there's a broad array of different um, occupational groups that would be in scope for vaccination and have been in scope since March of 2022. That's Victoria's Deputy Chief Health Officer, Professor Deb Friedman, speaking there with ABC's Jane McNaughton. Now, just to recap some of the messaging there, Japanese encephalitis virus is not spread directly from pigs to people, and there is no risk to humans from eating pork products. Most people will experience no symptoms if 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 infected, but about 1% of cases will become severely unwell. Uh, The advice is also for people exposed to mosquitoes, particularly those camping or spending times outdoors in riverine areas. You're advised to wear long, loose-fitting clothes and to use mosquito repellent containing uh, picker picaridin, sorry, to, uh, on all exposed skin. Uh, also, accommodation, including, including tents, should be fitted with mosquito netting or screens uh, and stagnant water around dwellings should be removed. Uh, people eligible for the vaccine or advised to speak to their GP or pharmacist and more information can be found on the Victorian Health Department's website for all things JEV. Now, also, the Victorian mosquito season typically begins in November and will last till around late April. So, yes. Uh, there's more information as well you can read on abc.net.au forward slash news about the story of Victoria's first Japanese encephalitis virus case confirmed for the 2022-23 mosquito season. It is two past one. You're listening to the Victorian Country Hour. Annie Brown is my name. Markets are back today, so time to check in and find out what's been happening. Let's start out in Hamilton today with Chris Agnew. Thanks, Annie. Agents drew for 48,500 lambs at Hamilton today, which would be the increase of some 31,000 lambs on the previous offerings. The quality was very plain and noticeable that this yarding tailed off a lot quicker than previous offerings. To date, 75% of the lambs on offer have returned to the paddock from a strong contingent of store buyers, and despite this, the market overall is softer in over most categories by $15 to $20 per head 
head and top lambs have realised to $231. So far as the sale is still in progress. Light 12 to 16 kg lambs making from 83 to 121. 18 to 22 trade lambs from 142 to 167. They're averaging around 750 cents. Medium trade weight lambs 22 to 26. 169 to 218. And they're averaging somewhere between 670 to 790 cents. Heavy trade weight lambs over 26. They're making around 820 cents a kilo carcass weight. At Hamilton, this is Chris Agner reporting for MLA. Thanks, Chris. Now let's head to Lee and Gatha with Brendan Fletcher. There were 370 head penned for the first sale of 2023, with most of the usual buyers operating in a firm market compared to the final sale of 2022. Quality was limited, with mostly manufacturing steers in the grown and a handful of good vealers in the trade. Trade cattle sold firm to a few cents easier. Grown cattle sold firm, the limited selection of cows sold firm. Heavy bulls lifted a few cents. Feelers sold from 4.36 to 5.10. Yearling trade steers 440 to 500, the heifer portion 440 to 470. Heavy Friesian steers 314 to 318, crossbreds 350 to 420. Most light and medium weight cows 192 to 330, heavyweights 250 to 330, heavy bulls 305 to 360. This is Brandon Fletcher reporting for MLA. Thank you, Brendan. That's all the time we have for today on the Country Hour. We'll take you back now to the SCG for the remainder of the cricket. Talk to you again tomorrow.